Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j and here we are recording a very, very special episode of our Graphistania podcast. We haven't done this in quite some time. For the past couple of months, I've been doing this podcast together with my dear friend Stefan Lindin, who is also on uh, on this uh, on this recording. But today we also have some guests invited, and um, those guests are going to talk to us a little bit uh, about a topic that I think most of us are very much involved with today. We're recording this uh, episode on April 3rd, um, and that means that most of Europe is in a lockdown situation for COVID-19. Not the most joyous experience for most of us, um, especially in view of the, the human tragedy behind it, but we have actually some really interesting stuff happening in our graph community on, on this topic. And that is the fact that uh, some of our community members have launched some initiatives to uh, to provide more insights into this epidemic, to, into this pandemic, and um, and uh, we're going to talk about some of that. So with that, I'd like to invite uh, our dear guests uh, uh, or introduce our dear guests here. That's um, Alexander Jarash and uh, Martin Preuse. Um, and maybe you guys can introduce yourself. Uh, maybe I'll start with you, Alexander. Can you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, so my name is Alexander. I'm the head of uh, data and knowledge management um, at the German Center for Diabetes Research. And I'm working with uh, Neo4j Graphs. And as you've introduced yourself to me personally, you're a little bit of a show horse for Neo4j uh, uh, in general. I've seen you on, on stage a couple of times and you've got some great use cases with Neo4j. Uh, but you're not alone today. You've got uh, Martin with you, right? Martin Preuse. Martin, can you introduce yourself? Uh, sure, good to be here. Um, I'm Martin. I'm a computational biologist. Um, I started using Neo4j in my PhD. Um, and that was, I think, 2013 or 14. I don't really recall, actually. And I've been working with Neo4j ever since. Um, and right now, uh, I have an independent consultancy implementing Neo4j data integration projects in medical research and pharmaceutical companies. And coincidentally, Alex uh, is one of my, uh, my clients. Okay, fantastic. Very good. And um, so the reason why I, I, we, we kind of doing this uh, special edition of the Graphistania podcast is this initiative that you guys started called COVID Graph, right? COVIDGraph.org, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's where where you guys are are, are sharing some of your work. Um, but it might be good to understand a little bit where that came from. You know, well, what, what's the what's the background here? Where where uh, where did you guys start, and why did you start doing this? Uh, can can one of you maybe explain that? Uh, I don't know who wants to take it first. Yeah, maybe I start um, because like uh, two or three weeks ago, I started uh, collecting some data sets in Neo4j um, randomly, actually, because collecting data in Neo4j, this is what I do. And uh, I started with the uh, with the case data from John Hopkins University. I suppose everyone knows that uh, the global case data by country and by region in some countries, etc. I just put it in and combined it with population data to see things like percentage uh, of infected, etc. And this is what, uh, how it started. And then more and more of these public data sets popped up. And the most interesting one was um, a publication data set. So a curated set of uh, around 50,000 uh, scientific publications from different sources uh, that are um, relevant for COVID-19. And uh, it's super interesting. And uh, then I contacted Alex because uh, in, in the project we're working on together, um, we're also working with text 
and uh, getting text into a graph and getting something out of the text, etc. And then, yeah, it uh, exploded. Fantastic. And then, and this is um, what we now know as a COVID graph, right? So this is the, it's a, it's a public project that people can take a look at, if I'm understanding this correctly. And mm -hmm. and then what do, what do you, what do you aim to do with this? You know, what's uh, what's the what's the goal here? Well, why do why do you think this is relevant? I mean, there's so much data now uh, out there, but uh, the the people interested in these data sets, they cannot actually use it. I mean, researchers, clinical researchers, etc., they don't have time um, and not the IT and coding and data skills uh, to get the stuff they need out of these data sets. So uh, I think it's important to integrate everything and to make it accessible, um, to, to actually uh, give the right piece of information that's encoded there somehow uh, to the people who need it right now. And I think this is what we want to do. What type of information is that? Uh, or what type of information are you are you putting into this graph? Um, the community grew quickly, and uh, we have a couple of different people uh, loading different data sets. So the next step after the publications were patterns. Um, I mean, uh, a lot of there are a lot of patterns around that mention uh, the coronavirus and mention uh, potential drugs for the coronavirus, and doing things like connecting um, relevant information from publication. So certain genes that are uh, that are important for the for the virus and the process, and uh, drugs from patterns that target these genes. These are the kind of links that we need to understand the mechanisms behind the disease and to get new ideas and new hypotheses um, how to treat it. Interesting. And then what's how what's been the reaction? Have you have you had some interesting reactions from the industry, the people that have been reaching out to you? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. So we, of course, we try to leverage uh, the, the network we have and, and contacted a lot of people, um, but uh, also r random, unknown um, uh, people from pharmaceutical companies popped up, contacted us, and they're definitely interested. And also they started contributing. I, I st I st maybe it's, this is my ignorance talking, but I'm, I, you know, how, how is this similar to diabetes research? <laughs> is, it, is it really that similar? On a technical level, yes, um, it's pretty similar, and, and this is what Martin already mentioned. Uh, we are working together on a, on a on another use case uh, for diabetes, and we're doing more or less the same, um, studying texts of diabetes and learn something from 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 it. And a crucial point is here not only to integrate data but also to uh, um, connect it. Uh, so that the researchers um, get their information uh, much easier and on a, on a visual basis. And um, so technically it's the same and uh, there are even uh, some evidence for it that diabetes has something to do or uh, let, let's say the infection rate or infection uh, chance to, um, um, is higher if you are a diabetic patient. I, I think I've, I read somewhere that, you know, you know, people with existing conditions like diabetes are are much more vulnerable for COVID. Right? Uh, is that is that is that true? That's correct. And uh, the problem is that we don't know why that is. And this is one of the use cases we want to try find um, evidence or any clues that we can find in the data in the text data um, that we can explain why people in general are um, are. Um, getting um, infected, why diabetic patients have more problems. Um, yeah, so, so this is one of the goals. So what's the, what's the, what's the plan for COVID graph? You know, I, do you have a plan or are you just going, uh, going along as you go or uh, are there any like specific milestones that you're going after? 
because we have a plan. <laughs> uh, no, we we uh, we have a plan. We have a couple of ideas, and I think uh, one thing that we want to do, and uh, I think that sets us apart from a lot of different uh, from from some of the other data initiatives right now, is um, we want to work with users. So we don't don't just want to collect stuff in Neo4j because it's cool technology and to market a certain technology or something. Um, we want to work with actual users who need these data sets right now. Um, we started doing this already and um, the first the prototype application uh, that is able to answer specific questions is on its way and we're going wow. to publish it soon. That's fantastic. And what, what, what does that application do? do you, can, is it understandable for a non, non-scientific person like myself? <laughs> Um, I, I think so. Yes. So it's a it's a it's a network search thing. Um, so I already okay. uh, said we have a have text data sets, right? Publications yep. and patterns. Um, and what you can do is you can search for genes that are mentioned in these texts and publications and patterns, because in the end a gene is sort of the the central concept of biology. In the end, a gene defines mechanisms, etc., and what happens when a virus enters a cell. Um, so the gene is the point of reference. And connecting, um, for example, a publication through a gene to a patent would mean that the drug that is mentioned in the patent is somehow connected to what's explained in, in this publication. Oh, yeah. And then that might then, for example, that might lead you to finding like drugs that are relevant to COVID, which we may already have but may not use yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. exactly, because um, repurposing of existing drugs is a big thing. Because yes, if it's it is, yeah. uh, FDA approved already, um, then you know that, that, that it's safe and you know the side effects, etc. So if there's something around um, that uh, that is approved already that you might test uh, or use against COVID-19, that would be great. There were a yeah. lot of uh, reports, at least in uh, in the Belgian press, of uh, a malaria drug that was uh, suspected yeah. to be of use for COVID, right? Exactly, yeah. So, um, uh, as sad as it is, but coronavirus 19 is just a coronavirus like any other. And there mm-hmm. are drugs already out there or some other patents or some other publications um, giving information. And, and this is where we try to learn something from it. I, I always compare it a little bit to, this, uh, to the use case from the NASA where they uh, want to learn something from the, from the failed uh, missions to, to the moon. And um, so there's a lot of text data and you have to basically read them and nobody's able to read all this stuff anymore. We have more than 50,000 publications, so nobody is going to read that. And so you have to have a technique or a a certain, yeah, a certain visualization where you can automatically analyze and then uh, provide the user with some more condensed information. Are, are there any like uh, specific techniques that you use for this? You know, I, I mean, I'm thinking NLP or or maybe even uh, some 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 graph algorithms. Are there anything like that that you're specifically thinking of using in this? In the last weeks, uh, during the last weeks, we we uh, you know like sort of sorted the data and connected the data. Um, and now we have the databases and, and now we are starting to use uh, the, the Lucene index for, for fast uh, lookup of, of genes in the text. Um, we, we tried some NLP techniques um, and yes, the, the, the graph data science package would be now the next thing uh, to test and to find some, some cool insights that, that we haven't seen so far. 
can only look forward to the to to the results of that of course uh, uh some really interesting things there um so what's the you know the, you mentioned this this prototype application are there other 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 things afterwards you know like end user facing you said but any any major things that you're looking for or things that you might need help for potentially i don't know um, yeah, so I think we, we definitely need help um, in building applications. So we have a couple of people that are going to collect more use cases um, with potential end users uh, to define that, um, but building applications is key. Um, and if there's, uh, if there's someone, um, I don't know, who knows grand stack maybe and uh, would be able to, to implement a, a grand stack interface. Uh, on top of the graph, um, that would I think that would make building applications much easier, and that would be great. Um, and any help in this direction would be uh, fantastic. I saw that there were a bunch of other partners involved with uh, COVID Graph, right? People like uh, like uh, Yworks and uh, Prodyna, and uh, who was else? Who was uh, a structure? I think was also involved, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Are, and are, are all Okay. Uh, yeah, all three of them uh, from the very beginning, um, and uh, w without them we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have. So Yworks is building the the application and the prototype application, and they managed to do that uh, next to their day job in a couple of days. Um, oh, wow. Structure built the website, um, and Prodyna uh, worked a lot on data loading and data integration. Um, so they did uh, did the work with us. Impressive! Impressive! Great. Well, I mean, I don't have any other questions, but the, the one big silent person in this room has been uh, Stefan. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's always so vocal otherwise, and now all of a sudden he's just stupefied. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I just practice on being quiet for once. No, but I think for me also, just shining a little bit on this is uh, thank you uh, for doing this, not only for me as a person, but for mankind. And also, again, showing again uh, how it is to do things, right? And I think this is why I, I also reached out to you guys before when we talked about this. I think it's so, so, so beautiful that you just start doing this and then people come to you because you do things. And this is how, how a network scales. And this is also the call out. So you ask for people uh, uh, familiar in Grandstack helping you out. So yeah, let's leverage our networks and let's do things because doing things is not about talking about doing things. It's about actually doing. So yeah, I think it's uh, super interesting to see how this developed. Uh, uh, I'm super interested to see the data science library uh, going to use on this. Uh, immediately when you asked about it, I, I started to come up with ideas of which one you want to run and so on. So uh, now I'm basically going to derail my whole afternoon thinking of this. But <laughs> that's going to be fun, right? This is this is what life is about: coming together and saving the world. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you also from my side. And I, I do, uh, not just for doing this podcast, but for the, for, for the work in general. Um, I think we're going to wrap up here. We're going to put some links to um, all of your work uh, in the transcription of the podcast, obviously, as we do always. Um, and then uh, I, you know, I'm going to wish you and colleagues and your friends a lot of uh, health, but also good luck with this project. Uh, thank you for doing that and uh, hope to talk to you soon again. Thank you very thank you so much. much. Thanks, guys. Thank you.